Hey, it's Jonesy, Weird AF News. I want to thank you guys again for calling in. Very strange call from Michael with the uh, stolen fajita syndrome. Loving it. Hilarious. Too weird for me to even comment on. <laughs> so, thank you. Also, I want to give a special shout out to Amy Mitchell, who um, has been emailing me back and forth. And she's saying some really nice things. Um, in addition to being hilarious, we're having a funny take on testicle implants. <laughs> this show has brought me in, into contact with some of the funniest people in all of the world, so I'm grateful. Um, but Amy uh, wrote something that I wanted to read to you in the end. She says she listens to me every day on the Google Home in between ABC News and CNN News to take a break from the seriousness and get a laugh at humanity. Isn't that amazing? I love that. I'm so proud to be listened to right after ABC News and right before CNN News. <laughs> like, we got some serious shit. People are dying. Shooting, 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 shooting. And now, testicle implants with Jonesy. And then back to shootings, more shootings and guns and shootings and guns. And Trump and shootings and guns. <laughs> I feel like that's the niche that I provide, though. You know, I, I gotta just embrace it. All right? If you guys want a break from school shootings, come and listen to Weird AF News with Jonesy. <laughs> if you guys want a break from the madness of our political leaders, come listen to Weird AF News with Jonesy. Where else can you hear stories about junk transplants? <laughs> also, I know a lot of you are listening on Google Home, so I mean, I don't have Google Home, so I don't know how that shit works, but um, if you have one, load me up on that. Like, have me on there. I'll come on, on automatically, from what I understand. It just comes on automatically, and that's helpful. If you guys want to explain how that shit works to me, because I don't have Google Home because I can't afford anything in my life. Um, then I can even give more instructions on how to do that. But I think that's a great plan. Just load me up on Google Home or whatever device that you have in your house so that I automatically play. And then, uh, you know, I can be a part of your day without you even wanting me. <laughs> but, uh, you know, make sure your kids are not right next to it. Because I may say that I may drop an F-bomb occasionally and I apologize. But that's just the way I'm talking. I got to be me. Uh, but yeah. Hey, listen, if you want to call in or email me, funnyjones at gmail.com is the email. And the phone number is 646-450-2012. That's my Google Voice number. Write to me. I give you my personal Google Voice. Isn't that sweet of me? Also, follow me on social media, at Funny Jones. Instagram, Twitter, yada, yada. Do that shit. Uh, welcome to Jonesy's Obsessive Stolen Fajita Syndrome Emporium. Can I take your order? Uh, yeah, 6,000 chicken fajitas, please. Oh, Peter, get a side order of Rocky Mountain Oysters. Uh, I'll pass. The only testicles I want in my mouth are my own. Oh, not surprising. It seems that licking your balls does seem to be your favorite pastime. da da dun da dun dun You said vaginas. What's the weirdest hamburger you've ever eaten? Or I should say, weirdest hamburger topping. Well, I came across something that's served in North Carolina, a North Carolina, North Carolina restaurant serving tarantula-topped burgers. That sounds crazy. Really? Tarant Where are you getting these tarantulas, by the way? You just order frozen tarantulas from the interwebs? How does this even happen? And who eats this shit? A North Carolina restaurant has conjured up a rather creepy creation available to a few lucky customers, lucky, in the form of a tarantula-topped hamburger. The arachnophobe's nightmare is the brainchild of Durham's Bull City Burger and Brewery as part of their annual Exotic Meats Month. The rotating menu features a variety of interesting selections for the month, such as rabbit, python, and camel. 
But it's the spider burger that has taken the festivities by storm. Yes, of course, because that is the weirdest choice. Although camel, camel. Do you eat camel meat? Is that a thing? I don't know. Anybody had camel meat out there? I've had rabbit. Python? No, I haven't eaten, but I've seen people eat that on TV. Well, maybe not python, but snake. I would try snake. Camel? I'm curious. What part of the camel do you eat? Aside from the sheer outrageousness of this tarantula burger, the spider-topped burger is also something of a rarity as the restaurant is only serving one of them per day. Ah, see? That's because it takes them forever to catch one. (laughs) Oh, the poor employee that's got to go catch them. Mm. Customers looking for the chance to chow down on the eight-legged oddity must enter a raffle. A raffle? This is something you win? What are you, insane? I'm going to put my name in a raffle. Hey, what do I get? Do I get free burgers for life? No, not exactly. You get one burger topped with uh, something gross and scary. (laughs) This is a burger that's going to give you nightmares for the rest of your life. You won! (laughs) Jeez. Yeah, so if you win, you're given a mere 48 hours to claim your spot at the spider table. Now, uh, provided that the winner eats the entire burger, which sells for $30, the daring diners will receive a commemorative t-shirt celebrating their feet and also have to endlessly answer the question of what the tarantula tastes like. Yes. Well, that's expensive too, by the way. $30 for a tarantula burger? I wonder what it does taste like though. And is it crispy? There's no picture here. Uh, I wonder if they deep fry it. You know, I like tarantulas. I'm not on board with this. They're so cute. But then again, so are rabbits, and I ate a rabbit. There's a lot of things out there that are cute that are also tasty. Uh, I actually came across a a tarantula fairly recently when I was hiking out here in Los Angeles. You know, they're just like, they're just living out here. They're just like walking around in the wilderness. Well, this tarantula was crossing the hiking path, and everyone just stopped to take photos. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. I've also been uh, to Peru and came across a... um, so this is my understanding of tarantulas. That, that big fat one, the big fat furry one that's like really slow walking, that's a female and they're docile. You can pick them up and shit. Uh, this is what I've heard. And, you know, they make pets and stuff. The male is uh, much thinner and more like more wiry and quicker. And those are the ones that are deadly from my understanding. Those, those will bite you. And I've come across those in, in Peru when I was in the Amazon jungle. Don't ask me why. That's a whole separate podcast. I was trying to find myself, guys. And who doesn't go to the Amazon jungle when you're trying to find yourself? Ask me if I found myself. Yeah, not really. But uh, <laughs> I spent a lot of money to see a tarantula. So that's cool. But I like spiders. They're great. In fact, I, I do this thing where, um, am I sharing too much? Where I, uh, and you know, the women that I've, lived with in my life uh, have not been fans of this aspect of my personality where I'll let I'll, I'll sort of let spiders live in my home a little bit I say sort of like if they get out of hand and they get really big and scary then I'll remove it but I don't but I don't you know but I'll let them in general kind of live if they're if they're of a moderate size I'll let them live because they kill shit over here they kill things they kill little bugs that I don't like like mosquitoes and I hope cockroaches um so then the other thing that I do that people also don't like that I've lived with is when I see a big spider and I agree that it doesn't belong in the same living area as me and my mate, I will um, I do a catch and release. I don't do the kill. I do the catch and release. And they don't like that either. They want it to be killed. And women want it killed. When you live with a woman, spider, and this is in general, they want it killed right away. There's no, you know, no dancing around it. But, but my method takes forever. You know, I, I put a glass over it. And then I go find some like piece of cardboard or something I could slide under the glass to like really save it. And then I bring it to an open window or a balcony and I toss it off. They don't like my method. And I'm sharing way too much. This is just because I'm weird. 
And I'm sharing some of my weird oddities with all of you because I think you guys could appreciate that because I'm sure you guys have weird habits yourselves. And um, uh, by the way, please feel free to share these weird habits with me. Call me anytime. You know, I'm like a goddamn weird therapist for you. <laughs> if it's super weird, I might even publish it. But keep it keep it like under two minutes, please. Okay, keep it. Brevity is the key to um, is the key to what? That's like a saying. Brevity is the Brevity is the key to, to taste, to life. Fuck it. I'm just going to say brevity is awesome. <laughs> Schools are removing analog clocks from exam halls as the teenagers are, quote, unable to tell the time anymore. <laughs> um, I still can tell time on those analog clocks. I mean, it's been a while since I've uh, looked at one, but... <laughs> I guess it's a skill, and you know, with technology and the digital everything being the thing, I mean, I understand how people can't read that, but really, get it together, those students. Come on, teenagers. Are you that out of touch? Man! Schools are removing analog clocks from examination halls because teenagers are unable to tell the time. A head teacher's union has said. Teachers are now installing digital devices after the pupils sitting in their GCSE and A-level exams complained that they were struggling to read the correct time on an analog clock. Now, um, we have A-level exams and GCSE. I'm guessing these are uh, pretty uh, robust exams that uh, smart students be taking. <laughs> I love my, my language here. Yo, the smart students be taking the A-level shit. Uh and if these kids are so smart, shouldn't they be able to read an analog clock? I mean, what are we dealing with here, right? <laughs> these A-level exams and they can't read an analog clock? How A-level are these kids is what I'm asking. So Malcolm Trobe, the Deputy General Secretary at the Association of School and College Leaders, also known as the ASCL, said that teachers want their students to feel as relaxed as possible during exams and telling the time on a traditional clock would be one more thing for them to worry about. Ooh, big worry. The current generation aren't as good at reading the traditional clock face as older generations, he said. They are used to seeing a digital representation of time on their phone, on their computer as well. Nearly everything they've got is digital, so youngsters are just exposed to time being given digitally everywhere these days. Well, yes, that's true, but, you know, maybe they should just... Maybe they should learn this. Um, you should actually fuck with them and put a sundial in every classroom. That would be really funny. A <laughs> <The> sundial. <laughs> The student's like, hey, how much time do I got left on this exam? I don't know. Why don't you take a look at the sundial in the center of the room? <laughs> it's from Mesopotamia. <laughs> oh, man. He also said it may be a little sad if youngsters coming through aren't able to tell the time on clock faces. Our hopes that we will be teaching youngsters to read clocks, however, we can see the benefit of digital clocks in exam rooms. Yeah, I suppose so. Um... The kids probably would rather have something like a, a cute clock emoji that just speaks the time to them when they, when they say, hey, what's the time emoji? I don't know. I'm being really bitter now. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. You got kids out there, guys? You got kids? Can they read analog clocks? I want to know. I want to know. What else can they not do? Can they not milk cows or, um, <laughs> or, be, or be shoe cobblers? <laughs> Are they not good at cobbling <laughs> or candlestick making? Police in Maine say that the powder they found during a DUI arrest was not drugs, but instead was grandpa's ashes. <laughs> I hope they didn't taste it to find out. That's gross. <laughs> mm, tastes like old man. <laughs> ashes. 
When police in Maine pulled over an allegedly impaired driver early Saturday, they thought that two small plastic bags inside the car probably contained heroin. Probably. Oh, no. Big surprise, though. Turns out that the powdery substance was actually the cremated remains of the father of the vehicle's owner. Kevin Curtis, 57 years old, of Maine, said he recently received his father's ashes from his sister in Florida, and he still had them inside the vehicle when he loaned the car to his friend, Jesse Legendre, age 31. Police spotted the bags when they pulled over Jesse and arrested him on suspicion of driving under the influence. With Jesse at the wheel, the vehicle had swerved off a road, crashed into a utility pole, and landed in a ditch. Well, Jesse, you got to be more careful with Grandpa. Says, you should be pulled over for... <laughs> you can't be messing, up with, messing with Grandpa. Drive carefully with Grandpa. Emergency responders administered the opioid overdose reversal drug Narcan to revive Jesse, who had passed out. Police seized the two bags containing the powder. Oh, my God, they gave him Narcan because they saw the... They saw the ashes and they like, oh my God, this guy's been doing heroin. Maybe he did do heroin. We don't know. We need more information. <laughs> well, the uh, county sheriff revealed on the website that the test results uh, showed that the substance was not narcotics, but in fact, human remains. A rather unusual manner in which to keep the remains of a loved one in two bags. Surely. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Aren't they supposed to be in like a, a special... Um, you know, a ritualistic container of some sort, something fancy, like China, or, you know, just, you know. in other words, not a container from Ikea, something really lovely. The children were mad when they found out that the police took Grandpa, but they tried to make a joke of it. And the, the police said, this is the first time he's ever been in lockup. <laughs> oh, the family said, this is the first time Grandpa has ever been in lockup, and we'll just get him out. What the hell, helicopters? Jesus, you... you how close do you want to ride over my roof? Sorry. Why don't you land in my coffee while you're at it with your propeller, son of a bitch? Okay. So the kids had a joke about it. This is the first time ever, Grandpa's ever been in lockup. Oh, it's so cute. They, they had a good... They were in good spirits over this. Um, hilarious, though. Hilarious. Weird stuff, man. I'm surprised this happened in Maine and not Florida. Actually, no, I'm not surprised that... Happened in Maine. Maine is... There's some weirdos in Maine, too. Uh, and they, I love their accent. One day I'll do a whole story in a Maine accent, and you'll enjoy it. And Weird AF News, my family, will be grateful. <laughs>